This is exactly right. Scotty, ready? Ooh, yeah, I'm ready to laugh and laugh and laugh. Man who ate 40 rotisserie chickens in 40 days says it felt like, quote, the right thing to do. And he was not wrong, and 9,000 Bananimals sent it to us. So <laughs> let's dive into this finger-licking episode of Bananas. Gals, non-binary pals, welcome to Bananas. I'm Kurt Brownoller. I am Banana Boy number two, Scotty Landis. Thank you for listening to the silliest little podcast there ever was. Whether you won the Powerball or are a power lifter or are a power bottom, everybody's welcome everybody's on Bananas, welcome. and we're glad to have you. Curdy B, the commercial with you and Cardi B has been cycling again. Are you kidding me? On, online. I, people have been sending it to our Instagram, so oh, maybe they're going to... Cardi gonna... B back together again. The immaculate couple. <laughs> the amount that I did not interact at all with Cardi B on that set was amazing. <laughs> she walked past me at one point. I said, hello, and she just walked past me. <laughs> She's famous. She's very famous. Uh, I'm very excited about our guest today, Scotty. Do we have anything to plug? Do you want to plug anything before? All I want to plug is I want us to bring this guest on enthusiastically because I noticed that she followed the Bananas Instagram account. I saw a check mark by her name and I said, wait a tick. And I looked her up and I watched her short movie. I think you're going to talk about her short film. Oh, I have and it right here. Then I DM'd her and said, if you're a banana, we need to have you on Bananas. You seem cool. Yes. Uh, she is a writer, actor, director, and a banana. She's currently on ABC's wow. A Million Little Things. And you Heard should drop everything right now and go watch her very funny and also disturbing short film, <laughs> Growth. Please welcome Allison Miller. Thank you. I feel so understood by that description. Thank you. <laughs> it is. Oh, it's so it's such a good I don't I, I, I want to talk about the short so badly, but I don't want to spoil it for anyone right. in any way, shape or form. Um, well, how do you talk about it? How do you talk about it when you talk about it? I, I say it's sort of an exploration of being a woman in the medical system when you're trying to get care and uh, people tend to gloss over or ignore uh, any pain that we may have because we're just <laughs> kind of in pain all the time. Um, <laughs> and so it's a, yeah, it's a horror body horror comedy. Um, and it's funny. I, 
really was inspired by a short that you did, Kurt. Uh, I was at Jash Fest. Oh, yay. Oh, yeah. The great one year of Jash Fest. Whatever year that did happen. <laughs> I it was a it was, festival. It was only it was one year. Fun. It was so yeah. fun. <laughs> I was there and I saw the short that you did with um with Andy and I yeah. loved it. And I thought, oh, this is like a tone I love. This is a wow. kind of topic I love. And so that was part of the inspiration mm-hmm. for it. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't, this is a short called Blue that Andy yes. Young wrote and directed that I was in, and it's about a cop who takes a shit and then sees that it's bright blue and then doesn't tell anybody and is just really scared that he's dying. For the, or no, it's called Brown. Brown. It's called. Yeah, it's called Brown, right? <laughs> but the panic throughout yeah. all of it, and there's a scene where you're, all, you're arresting some woman and she's just yelling at both of you, but the like sound drops out and you just see your face panicked about what's happening to your body. It's so good. Yeah, and then there's, there's one scene, Andy, and I can take no credit for any of this. Andy DeYoung is so funny. There's one scene where... Uh, he comes home, the cop comes home and his wife is hanging out with this other dude who's like a very handsome dude. And, uh, and they're like, he's like, what are you doing? And they're like, he's, I'm just like, I'm just showing her pictures from my trip to like Hawaii. And they looks and he's like, you, you brought your whole desktop computer over? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that made me laugh so hard. <laughs> <laughs> and also, anybody who has never heard of Jash Fest, which I'm pretty sure was only the inaugural uh, event and then never again. So Jash was a channel on YouTube. Mm-hmm. It was a bunch of creators. It was Tim and Eric. It was Sarah Silverman, Michael's, uh, Michael Sarah, and Reggie Watts. Reggie Watts. And they made really funny videos. And then at some point, they decided to put on a comedy festival, and it was in Palm Springs. And Kurt and Kristen took me just to hang out because we all knew it was going to be fun and a lot of our buddies were there. But the funniest thing was they put the venue under the flight path for the Palm (laughs) Springs airport so that every (laughs) 8 to 15 minutes a full-size plane or private jet would just come over and you would have to not hear the film that was happening, not hear the comedian that was happening, and it made it funnier. It was kind of like if they had done it on purpose, it would have been like a master comedic choice. It is so funny. Remember Uh, that, Kurt? Yes, I do. Oh, it was insane. I also love that it was called Jash Fest, and they committed to it. They committed to having it called Fest, and uh, it taught me something about not naming things like that. Um, That's correct. (laughs) It really did. Well, (laughs) Allison, we're thrilled to have you. Kurt B., tell us about this chicken. I do, but uh, one more thing. Guys, everybody has to go watch Growth. The name of the short film is Growth. Allison wrote and directed it and is in it, and oh, man, it's so fun. Also, my wife had... my wife had undiagnosed chronic Lyme for eight years and did not know. So she just had that experience of going to doctors and just being like, well, nope, you're the picture of health. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And just, and, but <laughs> it's, it's so good. Everybody go watch it. All right. Let me get into this. Yes, sir. Here it is. This man I'm so happy about. Man me who too. ate. This was on the CBC. Scotty, mm-hmm. do you want to choose? I just found this one online, but uh, can you want to choose somebody randomly uh, of the 40,000? Bananimals who sent this Lily in. Lily Lynn. Lily Lynn sent it in. Thanks, nice. Lily Lynn. Thank you, Lily. Uh, on the CBC, man who ate 40 rotisserie chickens in 40 days says, <laughs> says it felt like, quote, the right thing to do. The quotes in this story are what makes the story worthwhile. 
Yes, sir. This story really has it all. Uh, Alexander Tominsky. Oh, this was written by uh, Sheena Goodyear. Uh, Ooh. She's not just good. She's the best in the biz. Uh, best year ever. Best year ever, Sheena Goodyear's. Alexander Tominsky a.k.a. Philadelphia Chicken Man, says the self-imposed mission <laughs> left him, quote, traumatized. <laughs> this man, this is how it starts, and this is why Sheen is the best. It just starts, this man ate 40 rotisserie chickens in 40 days because it was the right thing to do. It was. Alexander Tominsky doesn't know why he decided to eat 40 rotisserie chicken in 40 days. He simply felt compelled by a force deep inside. Quote, I keep saying this, but it's the truth. Just felt like the right thing to do, Tominsky said. <laughs> or as he's known on the internet, Philadelphia Chicken Man. <laughs> told cool as name. In It Happens host, uh, Neil Coxall. Uh, mm-hmm. It was something in my subconscious that was pushing me to the longevity of at least seven days, and then 30 days. And then at 30 days, I didn't feel enough pain, so I took it to 40. Nice. He felt plenty of pain along his self-imposed journey. Now he can barely stand to think of the birds. In fact, he said he's completely lost his appetite for food altogether. Tominsky's intimate and graphic descriptions of rotisserie chicken, a seemingly ordinary grocery store staple, border on the obscene. (laughs) Quote, a rotisserie chicken, it's almost like sensory overload, like the smell, the way it sounds when you pull it apart, the taste, like everything, every bit is just very amplified when it comes to your senses, he said. Yes. But the final moments of his mission were downright euphoric. Tominsky polished off his 40th bird, on Sunday in front of a group of ardent fans to the yes. tune of Bruce Springsteen's Streets of Philadelphia, which is such the perfect song for this. A very sad song. Not a, not a poppy, happy, rock and rolling song. A kind of depressing song. It's very, yeah, it is. Oh, disembodied chicken dismemberment. <laughs> yeah. that song. I know it does make it kind of beautiful. Uh, quote, my adrenaline was pumping. There was just so much serotonin dancing around inside my skull that the flavor wasn't really even something that was in my consciousness at all. Just the sound Mm -hmm. of people screaming with joy, he said. At first, he was surrounded by caution tape to keep the onlookers from getting too close. (laughs) But then he found himself in need of some, quote, energy and support to swallow down the last last portion of the foul. So he cut the tape and let the people in. There is a photograph of him holding up an empty plate. And he's surrounded (laughs) by hundreds of people. Yes. That are screaming crazy. Did he document it along the way? How did they even know it was happening? Yes, apparently he do- documented it on Twitter. Oh. Yes, it was on Twitter. Yeah. I saw it on Twitter. A lot of people would retweet it because it was like day 11, day 15. And then people were just like, keep going, keep going. And that <laughs> I actually became available in the teens and was like, oh, I don't know what this is, but this is good. Um, this is his the next quote. Everyone surrounded me, and it was almost ritualistic. There was just swarms of people circling me, and just heat was radiating off their bodies. There were (laughs) seagulls flying in circles above, and then the most magical thing happened. A bee flew around the chicken, landed, and took a little piece, and worked its butt off to fly away with a little (laughs) morsel of the poultry. Everyone in the audience just started screaming. And that's when I knew this was something special. This isn't just someone eating chicken. (laughs) (laughs) This guy is amazing. Uh, Yeah, he's amazing. I can't, I really can't imagine a bee physically carrying any size piece of chicken and why 
It's not like it's going right. to go eat it. Why is the bee no. involving itself at all? <laughs> it was just so inspired. Oh. It was just so inspired. It had to participate. It decided. Oh, it's beautiful. It was going to become a carnivore for just that moment. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. This guy, it's absurdity for absurdity's sake. It's so good. A lot of bananas wrote in like, I don't get it. And that's the point. Yeah. It's so silly. He's just introducing nothing and making it something. And if everybody did that, yeah. we would all be having a lot more fun. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I'm imagining him like that character in Men in Black where there's just the little alien inside of his head going. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I think that is it. What did he, he said there was no real purpose, right? It was something to do with like the Phillies and the playoffs or something. Just, but uh, he just felt like the right thing to do. Um, he says he's now for, working with local groups to use his now f- new fun celebrity to encourage food donations for the city's hungry. Uh, that's good. awesome. We'd if love a that. love of his hometown partly inspired this strange feat of strength, why not choose a more iconic food like a Philly cheesesteak? Yeah. He says, no, I don't really wrong. care for cheesesteaks. I mean, I don't care for chicken either, but it's a little <laughs> bit more accessible, right? <laughs> it's a little bit more affordable, and it's just so simple. Uh, my body started to reject not just chicken, but just food in general. Wow. I think that might be from the sodium. Oh, my God, that's right. Is so, that true? And I had, oh my God, listen to this quote. So I actually had to, and this is going to sound ridiculous, basically drink the chicken. So I would like have to liquefy it in my mouth before I swap. Oh it. no. Go down. Oh my oh, God. Oh, right. Right. Ooh. That's right. Oh. When I, I played this background character on House Party, Hungry Man, who would just eat at all the parties instead of actually <laughs> participating. It was a character that hated stand-up comedy and loved to eat party food. And so I did it like, and Allison, I'm sure you've had to eat on television many times before. It's not easy because people don't realize how many takes you're doing. So there's a person on set, it's usually in props department, who holds a cup or a bucket that you spit into after every take. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you had to do that on anything else? Yeah, like we're- there's nothing more um, dignified than repeatedly spitting food into a bucket in front of like a room full of strangers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've had to do it with um, cake, pizza. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one point, I had to eat um, what was supposed to be raw meat in a grocery store. And so sure. that was like some kind of, they told me it was corned beef. I don't know if that was true or not. Salty. Yeah, but just like a hundred people standing around. Uh, oh, I know. Spitting yeah. corned beef into a bucket. That was my. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I apologized every time I did it to the point where, like, the props person was like, you don't have to apologize. I'm like, I feel so bad. Yeah. And they're like, no, 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 it's the job. Like, we're just resetting it. Don't worry about it, dude. But everybody <laughs> would ask me, like, what was the hardest one to eat? Because some of them are easy. Like, one time I just had spaghetti, and I was, like, housing spaghetti. But the hardest ones were pineapple and ham separately. What? Pineapple so acidic. Oh. Like, you have no idea how it's pineapple really is so acidic, acidic until you eat it for five minutes. Yeah. I felt like my teeth were sticking together. I felt like I was getting canker sores in real time. I was like, this was a huge mistake. <laughs> and then ham is so salty, which you don't realize when you're eating, like, just slice after slice of ham, that after, like, three takes, I same thing. I was, like, gasping. I was, like, <laughs> there was no saliva in my mouth. Also, I came, came up with this bit. So I was just punishing myself <laughs> at that point. 
Um, I don't know. So yes, I feel for this man. I don't know if you guys watch the Great British Baking Show, but I think about of course. the judges because they're just eating cake and pie and everything all day long. And I tr- I watch to see if anyone ever swallows anything. And I think every time they take a bite, they must turn around and spit it out because they cut away every time. Yes. Yeah, they have to, right? And also, like, is that really, is that how you're going to get the flavor? Like, is that the experience of eating a cake? Is that like, you know, like just chewing it a little bit yeah. and spitting it out? I feel like the swallowing is part of, like, what makes the cake Yeah. Good. I agree. <laughs> I agree, Kurt. Yeah. I agree. Swallowing the food you're eating really is a big part of the experience. But you're right, because they have to do, especially at the beginning when there's 10 bakers, and you're like, okay, so it's bread week. And then they're just eating 10 slices of bread. You're like, this... And that's at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Sustainable. Best show ever. (laughs) I love that show. Uh, Here's a real quickie. This is a real quickie. Quickie. Because it's time sensitive. That's why I'm doing this one. I'm actually going to do back to backers if you don't mind. All right. Um, uh, sent in by Aaron Rosenberg. Thank you, Aaron Rosenberg. You are awesome. And this is written by that swinging ABC7 staff. Who are taking credit. Yep. And they don't give a lot of information. Very mediumist in the biz, these people. Blockbuster video themed bar to pop up in Los Angeles in a nostalgic tribute to the, ni- uh, to the 90s. That's smart. Did- so I passed it. I drove by. It's on Melrose. And that's why I looked it up to see what it was. And I found this article. And then Aaron sent it. Did uh, it say Blockbuster on the outside? Yes. It looks like a video store. Wow. Oh. I'm in. That's, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Exactly. We all got to go. Uh, we can once again make it a Blockbuster night. The iconic video store is coming back to life. Kind of. Next week, a pop-up bar officially licensed by Blockbuster will open its doors Oh, it's actually in licensed by them. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So they get some money. Good. They deserve it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, they should have just called it like Block years. Booster or whatever, or Block Barster, and then <laughs> cut Blockbuster Ooh. out. Block Booster is pretty right? good. We should talk about that. Uh, or Shockbuster. Um <laughs> The Speakeasy Bar, it's not a speakeasy really, I mean you it, you can't miss it if you're driving on Melrose, is expected to bring back uh, the 1990s with nostalgic VHS field aisles and also cocktails inspired from famous films of the era. There's also a food menu and drinks like Crystal, Pepsi, and Zima. Whoa. Oh. Where'd they find Zima? I don't know. Same place blue carpet. <laughs> yes, they roll out the blue carpet. <laughs> they do have blue carpet. Um... Admission to the bar. So when it's just a bar, it's $29 a person, but you get a cocktail with that. Okay. But starting December 10th, Saturdays and Sundays, they have brunch that you have to reserve ahead of time on bucketlisters.com. Oh. (laughs) But here's the thing. To any bananas, maybe you're in town seeing Hollyweird for the first time. Maybe you're taking a little trip to Universal Studios. If you want to go to this cocktail brunch at a fake blockbuster video on Melrose... Sign up, make a reservation. It is $55 per person for the food and a custom cocktail. Um, and that's it. I just knew December 10th, get in there. Yeah. You don't have much time. Yeah. Wow. Um, Hopefully, this comes out before then. <laughs> I certainly hope so. And then I also watched the Blockbuster sitcom that was, and it's on Netflix. And I was sitting there going, how fucked up is this that this. 
the thing that killed the company mm-hmm. is now being like, and we're streaming a show about oh, you. Yeah, yeah. crazy. I hadn't thought about that angle. That is really sad. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Like, it's like Netflix killed Blockbuster, and then they have a... It's a good sitcom, too. Vanessa Ramos created it. She's a very funny writer. Um, but yeah, and they're like, and now we're just dangling it in your face. Is it an Anyways. actual Blockbuster? In the... Yes. Oh, It's okay. the last one. Oh, in the pilot. I think I may have yes. gone to the last Blockbuster, because when I... Oh, yeah. Working in Australia in 2011, there was a blockbuster in on the Gold Coast of Australia, and I got a card and I would go rent movies there because I felt like so nostalgic, and the internet wasn't great at the time, and uh, and that was the last one I ever saw. It was 2011. Yeah. It was still open. Wow. Yes. Was that in like Byron Bay or something? Yeah, it was just north of there. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Um, there is one that you can Airbnb now in in Oregon. What? There's one left in the U.S. <laughs> and you can rent it and sleep in it as an Airbnb. Does it have beds or do you just lay on the floor? <laughs> you just make <laughs> you just sweep up a bunch of VHS cassette tapes like a pile of leaves and then just lay on it like a cartoon laying on a pile of hay. No, it's you get really you, nice. you microwave 500 bags of popcorn, put it into a bag, and then lay down on. Oh. That's right. Yeah. That would actually be kind of nice. It would be pretty comfortable. That would be my go-to. Um, Allison, you've lived very many places. I looked you up on Wikipedia before the pod, and I noticed you lived a lot of different places. Mm-hmm. Do you think that made you a more creative person? Um, it maybe did. It uh, definitely made me lose my southern accent pretty quickly, but uh, right. I don't know what else it would have done for me. <laughs> Well, it was like you went to BU, you went to University of Florida, mm-hmm. and you went to another school in there too, right? Rhodes, yeah. Yeah. That must have been pretty chaotic. It was too much. I did too much. Uh, and that's probably <laughs> why I dropped out. <laughs> Good. No degree. Well, it worked out for you. Schools. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. great. So wait, but also you were born outside of the States, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was born in Rome. In Rome. Was it, did your parents, where did your parents live in Rome? They did. They were uh, they were there for about four years. My dad was a journalist and he was stationed there when he was covering first the Middle East and then the Vatican. And then they had. Oh, wow. Very cool. Yeah, they're cool. Uh, and they lived there for I was there for one year as a baby and then we left and I've been trying to get Italian citizenship ever since. Right. <laughs> yeah. You Can you? Can you? No, I can't. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Come I on. I know, there are different rules. You have to have a, a blood lineage or live there for five years in a row without leaving. It. So I'm going to try for the second one at some point. That would sound hard. Yeah. That's interesting because there's so many of these little Italian towns that are selling houses and buildings for $1 or $15 or $500. Yeah, Yeah. there's a group of my friends that have been talking about buying up as much of a town as we can and then just like being like, let's go somewhere over in our own little village in Italy. So that's so weird they wouldn't let you in. I know. You would think they would want me. I'll go buy one of those $1 houses. I send them back and forth to my parents all the time. Yep. You'd be a great neighbor. You'd be a great neighbor. No doubt about it. Yeah. Um, tease us into an advert. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll step <laughs> You're up. fine. I was saying I'll buy the neighboring town. Ooh, nice. What's East? Let's see what East Banana Land would be in, yes. uh, in Italian. <laughs> Ooh, that would be great. 
For those wondering why I haven't announced East Banana Land yet, it's because I've been waiting on one paycheck for one TV pilot that has taken nine months, and I still haven't gotten it. And I'm just sitting there. Nine and as months. Soon as it, it's so fucking rude, man. Dude, it's crazy. And I'm just sitting there waiting for this one check, and then I'm like. I thought it was going to come in May, and now I'm still waiting, and we're almost at 2023. Show business. What a business. Okay, here it is. Are you ready? Yes. I'm so ready. Uh, (laughs) Really? There's no Italian word for banana land? (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, a terra terra orientale delle banane. (laughs) Ooh. Ooh. That's good. I like that. Yeah. International. Oh, international? Yeah, international banana land. That's that's phase two. Mm -hmm. Um, Here's one for ye. School bus driver ends up taking school children to Connecticut instead of Rhode Island. (laughs) Oh, no. What happened? (laughs) I guess we're going to get a lot of New England hate from Brownholer on this one. (laughs) Um, Some more bananas. Bananas. Folks, we are back. Sadi, we got any shout-outs? We do. We have a few. Uh, first off, I had several beers with Sam and our sister Katie from uh, the Breaking Wind podcast. Kurt, we've mentioned them before. Yes. They're fans of our podcast. They watch uh, the Twilight movies every week and do a podcast about it. So they just cycle through Twilight over and over and over and over and over. <laughs> uh, but they're really lovely ladies. We had a great time. If you love Twilight, if you love Breaking Dawn... <laughs> Listen to Breaking Wind podcast. It's very funny. <laughs> I would go and say, Turt's Burglar. Turt's Burglar and Eliza finally got to move into their house, Gertie B. I know you've been just chomping at the bit waiting to hear this. Uh, it sounds like they were Airbnb hopping and driving nonstop, but they were allowed to get early access to their home where they now live with their three pets. And then they acquired a fourth cat at one of the Airbnbs along the way. That's Mystery. great. Pretty cool. Congratulations. So that's a great name. It reminds me, (laughs) Olive has been trying to learn how to spell by hearing the word and then like sounding it out. And so the way they teach in kindergarten is like to do all the sounds. Like count the sounds. How many sounds does it have? That's how many letters it has. Then try and write that down. But her immediate first one was she wanted to do turtle. Oh, no. (laughs) So (laughs) she spelt it (laughs) T-R-D-L. That's right. That is correct. Which is like so right. And it's very difficult to explain. This is definitely right, but it's not right. Like you, and it's a difficult conversation to have. Yeah, that's sweet though. But also, Americans, we just slur it all together. It is turtle. Turtle. Um, Brian wants to shout out Stephanie with a Y for turning him into a banana. Stephanie played our episode so many times during their long drives in northern Minnesota during the Great Quar that now Brian is a full blown banana. Nice indoctrination for you guys. Yes, just repeated enough times, and we got him. 
Um, and then finally, oh, Kurt, this is a recent one. Zoe Northness is a mail carrier for the mighty USPS. Yeah. And a, and a couple weeks ago when Georgia Hardstark was on, I said, I think if you put your driver's license in a mailbox, they will deliver it for you. She is a mail carrier, and she says that is true. Oh, If nice. you ever find a license that is not your own, it, put it in a blue uh, basically anywhere you, you can put it in a mailbox and raise the flag too but the USPS will deliver it it will charge the recipient uh, 60 cents to get their license back which is a lot better than going to the DMV oh wow um, and Zoe also wants to shout out Robert who is also a mail carrier and I think her partner so thank you Zoe Northness cool ass name great name, name. But good information, Bananas, the learning podcast. And, of course, we are here with the absolutely wonderful and brilliant Allison Miller. Hello, Allison. Hi. Oh, having fun. <laughs> I'm having the best time. This is delightful. <laughs> it's great to have you. Great to have you. Are you getting out of here? Are you leaving for the holiday season? Are you staying in Los Angeles? Well, I'm actually in Canada right now. Um, oh, yeah. Shooting up there. Shooting a million little things. Season five. Oh, great show. It always shoots up there. Yeah. I've been Canadian for five years now. Holy shit. That's <laughs> enough. I think you could actually get a. Uh, been talking a about it. Part. Yeah. I was yeah. waiting to see what the midterms look like. Um, but. <laughs> 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 I don't know. Medium, medium. Yeah. Uh, but I, I am coming back to LA and then also going to Nashville uh, for a couple of days. Fun town. Yeah. Going to go see an NFL game. Very excited. Nice. Fun town. Yeah. Yes. They're cool. Nashville's cool. And I've said this before on the pod, but they are the only state I can think of that um, doesn't say central. They say middle Tennessee instead of central really? Tennessee. Oh. Yes. So, yeah. They're, I think, yeah. They say middle, which I think is very funny and so. <laughs> I can't uh, go to middle Tennessee then. I've never been. Yeah, go to. Oh, it's cool. Oh, it's it's a. It's a fun town. We should do a bananas show there, Kurt. We should go to Zany's or something. Yeah. And then we should stay at uh, Loretta Lynn's uh, Dude Ranch. In between Memphis and Nashville. Oh. A treat. That's cool. Yeah. Maybe Allison, a little road trip, a little holiday road trip, go see the Titans, go to Loretta Lynn's. It's a balance. Uh, it is balance, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Jessica Billiard sent this one in from WRAL News, written by Jessica Patrick. Okay. Double Jessica's here. She is. Bang the band. Best in the biz. School bus driver ends up taking school kids to Connecticut instead of Rhode Island. So fun. Ooh. A school bus driver put the wrong city into her GPS and ends up in Connecticut <laughs> instead of Rhode Island. That's not enough of an excuse. <laughs> that is a wild excuse. For, uh, was it a field trip? It's. I guess it's not the school, right? Like what? It is the school. It's the school? Yes. That so. is not safe. <laughs> not not a great day for everybody involved, I would say. A school bus driver in Rhode Island mistakenly ended up putting neighboring Connecticut's address um, in after taking one wrong turn after another, which prompted panic from parents wondering where their children had gone. Oh, my God. The driver, who is new, <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> new new England in general. Also, new not an excuse. <laughs> That is correct. Uh, the driver, who is new, reportedly put the wrong address into the GPS, leading the students from LaSalle Academy in Providence on a trip nearly an hour away. Uh, 
Uh, students uh, headed to LaSalle Academy in Providence were surprised when their bus ventured into rural areas and eventually passed a sign welcoming them to Connecticut. <laughs> How old this are these feels kids? like a movie. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to see if it comes up later in the article. Okay. But they're going to have that story for the rest of their lives. Like that was probably a great day for them. Of course, they didn't have to go to school. <laughs> I mean, it did, they were. They did feel like maybe they were mid kidnapping. Yeah. But they didn't have yes. to go to school. The thrill of it. <laughs> the thrill to go to yeah, Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> the exoticness of Connecticut. Every kid is dying. <laughs> Children wake up in the morning squealing with glee at the chance they might get to go to Connecticut one day. I it's just, just want to be where there. the ice storm was shot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Connecticut students were heading there, blah, blah, blah. The first student bus company reportedly said the driver had the wrong address in the GPS for student pickup. A parent told the local news outlet that the students started tech. Take uh, taking and texting pictures for their parents, showing how far off. <laughs> wow! All had cell phones, so they're old yeah. enough to all have cell phones. Okay. Yes, uh, showing pictures to their parents how far out of the way they had driven, <laughs> leading at least one parent to track down the bus and demand their child be let off. At least is such an understatement. You know, it was every parent who has like the find my phone, yeah. just going ballistic. And also probably shitting their pants. That yeah. they probably did think those kids were being kidnapped. Yeah. Exactly, right? Like that is that I mean, you that's what you have to assume. I would immediately be in the car chasing the bus. Yep. Pretty cool. I like to hear it. Um That's a good movie. That's a good <laughs> yeah. movie. I'm it's actually like writing something. Home Alone but reversed. Yeah. Yes. Uh group away. <laughs> <laughs> group away, exactly. <laughs> Kurt, you just reminded me of a story. Thanks, All right, buddy. Maybe. Um, um, the parents reportedly called the police uh, when the driver refused to let the students off the bus. Yeah, but I also, legally, I get that. Legally, he's not yeah. allowed to. Right? Yeah, you can't let them off. Who knows what happened? Then maybe another guy driving a bus really does steal those kids. <laughs> <laughs> that got T-boned by a third bus. It's a great movie. <laughs> Uh, police in Rhode Island eventually responded to the incident, discovered the driver had the street address correct, but accidentally had selected Sterling, Connecticut, which is not where the school is. Sterling is about a 50-minute drive. Uh, five west zero. Of Pro- five zero. Okay. So that's pretty far. 50, an hour drive. Yeah. That's a field trip. Um, police and the, isn't that crazy? Uh, police and the principal of LaSalle Academy maintained the children were never endangered, and a detective escorted the bus back to the school where the frazzled students were late to class but safe, according to the news outlet. Oh, they didn't even get a day off. What a bummer. They didn't. I would oh, request man. like a, a mental health day after that. Yeah. They should have had a day off. That's right. Yeah. Did I ever tell you my story about I think maybe I did. I can't remember, but what I would do because I had a, I went to school, uh, grammar school. It was probably like a 
25 minute drive from my house, but on okay. the bus, but not many kids from my town went over there. So there was like a short bus that would come get us from the other, but it was a short bus for everyone who didn't live near Spring Lake. And so I it see. was like an hour and a half long bus ride to get to this because they would go all over yeah. this place and pick up like eight kids from different ones. And my friend Mike was on it. And, uh, and for an hour and a half, every single day in kindergarten and first grade, we would uh, tie each other up to the seats. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> hilarious. The first move would always be put winter jackets on backwards and then tie the hands behind it and then zip it up and then use and it had seat belts and then the seat belts would go over and then we would time each other on how quickly we could escape if someone was trying to kidnap us. Oh wow. Because that's what they Every would do. They would tie you up with a jacket and seat belts. With your own jacket. <laughs> <laughs> that's an important survival technique. Wow. We felt we were pretty good at it. Okay. Uh, Kurt, you just reminded me of this. I got to remember it kind of in order, but it was definitely one of the very first times I ever used Waze. And I just moved to LA and I had, hadn't had a car for like 10 years. And so LA is not that hard to navigate. I mean, it's the traffic's bad, but you can kind of understand the city. So Waze takes me what I think is completely out of the way. And I'm driving down Pico and I like, I see this rock venue and it has like the sign outside says all the bands and the performances coming up. And so my friends had started a band called Bar Fart. And so bar, I look over and it said like in like three days, Bar Fart's playing. And so I get up to the next red light. I text my friend that's in that band. I'm like, dude, I'm coming to your show. And then when I get home, he's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, oh, I saw a Bar Fart was playing. And he goes, when? And I go, I think it's this weekend. And he goes, what the fuck? And then I'm like, what's happening? So I don't know what's going on. And then I get a call from another guy in the band. He's like, did you just tell so-and-so that we have a show this week? I was like, yeah, I saw you guys on the marquee or whatever. I was going to come. He goes, we don't have a show. He's yelling at me thinking we like, kicked him out of the band. Oh, no. And I'm like, no. I just, I, all I was saying was I was excited to go see Bar Fart in concert. So then the first guy that I texted is like, dude, let me see it. And I'm like, it's like 30 minutes away from my house, man. <laughs> so he's like, this is fucking so messed up. They're kicking me out of the band. Also, we're talking about the band Barfart. And yeah, so yeah. <laughs> I drive back. Or Barfart. I, I, yeah, right. <laughs> so I drive back like 20 minutes or whatever, 30 minutes back down Pico and go find the venue. And when I look, the band, the marquee said Fart Barf. <laughs> so it said a different band. So there's a band called Fart Barf. I know the band We're, Fart Barf, and I was like, "This is so. We this is that's very wait, strange." You know the, the band Fart Barf? I, mean, I never heard of know the, I do. They're pretty know the fun, Allison. Fart Barf. Yeah, <laughs> they're. I went and saw Fart Barf. I felt so bad about the whole thing. I went and saw Fart Barf, and I didn't know what the hell they were. But I'm like, now I'm so deep, I gotta go. And they're like three synthesizers, and uh -oh. they wore these insane masks. And they were pretty fun. I like danced They're around the fart goofy. barf. Yeah. So I sent the photo of the marquee saying that it was fart barf playing on Saturday, not bar fart. But now the joke amongst that buddy and I is like whenever I haven't reached out to him in a while, I'm like, I heard bar fart is opening for fart barf. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they should tour. Yes, that's the double header we all want. <laughs> Everybody's clamoring for it. <laughs> 
100% male audience. Just, <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, I had forgotten that. I, that's wow. so funny. You're a musician, aren't you, Allison? You're a singer and play the piano? I do. I put all the things on Instagram so everyone knows <laughs> what I'm up to. And I have a guitar in the background of our Zoom that no one will be able to see. Yeah, I play music. Were you ever in a band? Um, no. And I always, I, I feel like I missed out on it. And maybe I'll be one of those latter-day band creators. But I used to play some shows with um, my friend Joy Downer and her uh husband they played around LA and so I joined them for a couple shows and that was wow so fun um yeah I want I want to be it in a band fun. nice okay bands are you looking for a front woman there we you got go you on I'll do whatever I'll play the tambourine you hide in a closet at the venue yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right I got one for you this is a feel-good one are you guys ready for a feel-good story so ready. Finally. <laughs> Finally. Here it is. This is uh, from Yahoo News. Uh, also from Next Shark. Uh, they're good. Written Ooh, they're by good. Ryan General, who is mm. generally the best in the biz. <laughs> and, uh, here's this beautiful headline. 14-year-old inventor from California named America's top young scientist. Uh, cool name. This is great. A 14-year-old student who invented a device that detects and treats mid-ear infections in children was really? awarded this year's 3M Young Scientist Challenge Grand Prize. Wow. Uh, Leanne Fan, an eighth grader from San Diego, California, developed the low-cost wearable device by using machine learning technology and blue light therapy. Fan named them Finson headphones after Niels Finson, the Nobel wow. Prize recipient who discovered that ultraviolet light can help treat bacterial infections. Wow. I mean, okay. Leanne is cool. Uh, this is a quote from her. Every year, over 10% of the world's population experiences a mid-ear infection, most of which are children or underprivileged people, Fan explained in her submission entry to the renowned science competition. Furthermore, not everyone has access to a doctor, which makes it difficult to diagnose and treat a mid-ear infection. My solution to this mid-ear infection problem is to create a low-cost device that can both detect and treat a mid-ear infection. What? Yes. In addition to potentially preventing up to 60% of hearing loss in children, fans, Finson's headphones can also play music. Mm. Fans, oh, wow. She likes to listen to K-pop group BTS. Of course she does. Of course. Um, so when Fan became a finalist, this is a very cool 3M thing, even though 3M has created all of the most deadly chemicals in the world. Uh, when, fan become a fin when Fan became a finalist in the challenge, she was assigned mm -hmm. a mentor who helped her transform her idea into a working prototype, according to a press release from 3M. Dr. Ross Bailing, a scientist from 3M's material laboratory, worked with Fan one-on-one -on -one until the prototype was ready. And then she unveiled it. She won. Uh, there's a picture of her wearing it. It's very, it's very adorable. Uh, and I think uh, Leanne is banana, banana of the week, folks. Absolutely. That's, it's so cool. <laughs> I know at 14, like what, what did you, what did any of us accomplished at 14? I'm trying to imagine what was I, my biggest accomplishment. 
my biggest invention at 14 was my parents were cool enough to give my sister and I uh, our own phone line. So we shared landlines in our bedrooms. And I figured out that because the phone had like a, the hang up little button or whatever, yeah. that I put a rubber band around my phone. So when I was done talking to my friend or my girlfriend or whatever, I would just put the rubber band over it and I could just drop it on the floor. <laughs> so also a genius... Also a genius is what I'm saying. Nobody from 3M sponsored me or AT and T. That was that was a device. We, we, we you could call that a temporary hold device invented for yeah. mobile and, technology. <laughs> that's right. And so then I would roll all over, roll over, and fall back asleep and grow two or three inches because puberty <laughs> was in full swing. And my phone would just crack dead on the floor, hung up safely thanks to a rubber band. Wow. Allison, what was your biggest accomplishment as a 14-year-old or a teenager in general? Teenager in general, uh, I uh, I did this. I did it <laughs> like a pen and ink drawing of Jimmy Fallon. It was a picture I found Ooh. in a magazine. <laughs> and nice. I still think it's pretty good. <laughs> well, he was kind of a hot number back then. Did you have a crush on Jimmy Fallon? I don't I don't think I did. I was leaning into like a lot of uh, emo musicians uh, for nice. any sort of crush material. But I, nice. I loved this. It was definitely in like Seventeen magazine or Cosmopolitan or something. And I just, mm-hmm. I really, I really got the shadowing just right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's nice. I hope it, you should have it framed and over your shoulder right now for yeah. future zooms, just to be <laughs> like me. Yeah. Do I want to read for that part? Uh, <laughs> Fallon says yeah. So. Got other stuff going on. I'm pretty good. Uh, Curdy B, what about you? Any major accomplishment at 14 or 15? 14 years old. Um, I think m- remembering to take my gym clothes out of my backpack at the end of the day. Uh, Huge. Three out of every five days. Uh, <laughs> That was the most upsetting smell in the world to go to school the next day with gym clothes from the previous day that were like mm. covered in sweat and then just open your bag and be like, oh no, again. <laughs> That's uh, what like every middle school, freshman, high school smelled like. Yeah. Like, just always were just <laughs> wafting gym clothes. Yes, yeah, just a weird vinegary smell. The smell of horrible, Ew. stinky oh. you. <laughs> Got Very him. upsetting. Yeah. Uh, all right, give me give me one last nut one to send us home, Scotty. This is also feel good, but this is I. There's been a good thread in these stories today of just sheer stupidity, mm-hmm. and I love that. And so this was from Sean Fister, who sent many stories in before. Thank you, Sean. Um, Yahoo News, that's real. They sent it. They definitely exist. By, what a name! This name. Yes is a best-in-the-biz name, even though the writing is all over the place. <laughs> Emerald Pellet. Oh, wow, that's awesome. That's a great name. Emerald Pellet. It's a very visceral visual name. I see it. I wonder. Yes. Yeah. All right, give it to me. Man figures out how many cans of SpaghettiOs it would take to write the Lord of the Rings trilogy. <laughs> Meaning the O's. Oh, oh. So here we go. <laughs> but you wouldn't know that based on this first sentence written by Media Mist and Biz, Emerald Pellet. As a kid, 
Writing out goofy messages with SpaghettiOs was a fun pastime. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But what can you write with SpaghettiOs? Just, just oh. those. It's not the letters. It's not alphabet <laughs> soup. Thank you. There is a SpaghettiOs, right, though? There's a SpaghettiOs there was that an has alphabets, letters. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There was. So that must be what but it, we're It's not called with. SpaghettiOs. I think it's called Spaghetti Alphabets. <laughs> spaghetti ABC. Okay. Just keeps going. Do your kids eat SpaghettiOs yet, Kirk? I haven't had a can in so long. I think I'm going to buy a can today and eat it. It's uh, been no, 10, 20 the years. The only reason they don't is because it has cream. It has milk in it, and Gus can't have milk. God. So I wish that'd be great. I would anytime I can just open it and dump it right into the bowl yeah. and they can eat like a dog. I would be excited. <laughs> Don't heat it up. Just give it right to them. Here, morons. Speaking eat this of, I think, I think we're going to get, I've been solo parenting all week because uh, Lauren's in Hawaii shooting NCIS and, uh, cool. And I am at the, I'm three days in and I'm like, all right, tonight is just rotisserie chicken. I've got, I'm going to get a rotisserie chicken. Tastes great. They are easy. We're influencers. What is this? I'm looking for the, okay, it's just, yeah, it's called SpaghettiOs A to Z's. Oh, that's yeah. fun. So I take it back, Emerald. You are now the best in the business. <laughs> but what? Uh, it was right. At Goofy Messages and Spaghettios was a fun pastime, but one creator may have taken that childhood game too far. TikToker TSJ underscore electronics. Fun. Uh, developed a script that would determine how many cans of SpaghettiOs it would take to write any book. He then used the technology to figure out how many cans of SpaghettiOs it would take to write the Lord of the Rings trilogy. First, using real-life cans, he figured out the average distribution of each letter in a can of SpaghettiOs. So I think it's what you're saying, Kurt. Yeah. Now that I think this is poorly written. He then plugged that data into his program. Next, he figured out uh, that the Lord of the Rings trilogy contains 2,261,081 letters, with the letter E appearing the most at 12.4%. Okay. Fascinating. So, Fascinating. And then what? How much, what's the percentage of E's in a can, I wonder? That's a great question, because the program handled the rest. It would take... Allison, I could see you're literally sitting on the edge of your chair so excited <laughs> to find out how many cans of spaghetti it would take to write the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I'm chomping at the bit for this one. Take a guess. Just take a ball. Please, both of you, guess how many cans you think it would take to write how many were, how Lord many of letters? the Rings. How many letters in the Lord of the Rings? 2,261,081. Of so 12% of that is what, like 240,000? Is that right? Yeah. So two hundred forty thousand. I'm gonna say. Ooh, I'm gonna say five hundred thousand cans. That's a great guess. Wow. See, I I don't have a mind for math, so I was just gonna say five. <laughs> five hundred. So somewhere, somewhere between five hundred and five hundred thousand cans. <laughs> it would take. 8,795 cans of SpaghettiOs. Okay. Right. My number, my number assumed there was four letters per can. How <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel uh, better if you just dumped it out with just four large spaghetti letters in a can. <laughs> 
That's yeah. less cans than I anticipated. Buy a few. Buy, buy just buy a, a few. order of magnitude. <laughs> <laughs> this is why TikTok is so wonderful. I mean, it's awful, and I feel I I don't have it on my phone because I spent two hours going down a wormhole of just listening to the same clip of a song over and over and over yes. again. Yes. Uh, but yes. how else would we ever find out about what this person is up? Yes. To? Yeah. Yes. We had the uh, we had the great author Mary Roach on, and I was if we have her back on, I love finding things like this for her because she does kind of find this crazy weird shit out. Yeah, um, yeah. So it takes eight thousand seven hundred and ninety five cans of SpaghettiOs. I'm guessing A to Z to write Lord of the Rings trilogy according to at TSJ underscore Electronics, which would cost twelve thousand two hundred twenty five dollars and five cents. But look on the bright side. You'd have about, oh, what does this mean? I don't know what this means. Look on the bright side. You'd have about 8,134,609 SpaghettiOs letters left over. See, now I'm yes. lost. No, now I know I'm why. totally lost. It's because of the E's. So oh, you would have to buy a whole bunch of extra cans just oh, to Oh, just E's. to get the enough E's. Is that because right. the word yeah. elves shows up so much? <laughs> yeah, the fucking elves. elves. Chill out with the elves. <laughs> Tolkien, chill out with the elves, old man. So many elves. Um, that hilarious TikTok video racked up 2.8 million views. Quote, oh, these are comments. Uh, this is what programming was meant for, said one person. <laughs> said one Quote, person? Quote, bro actually used math for something, <laughs> said a one person. One unnamed person. It's the author of this article. <laughs> <laughs> it's Emerald Pellet. Yeah. I know. If, if you're going to do it that way, you could just say things and then write them down as quotes. Because <laughs> one person <laughs> did say them. The author. <laughs> That's right. Another wrote, bro actually used math for something important in life. Uh, a user said, <laughs> I mean, they're really just giving us some vague, vague people. <laughs> I really thought he was about to open enough cans and actually spell out the trilogy. Another said, this is science. And then finally, someone added, this is more interesting than anything I learned in school. There it is. And it is, in a way. That is a great, if you are a math teacher out there, why not use this to do some, as an example, as a word problem for some math to be done. Yahoo News, Emerald Pellet. (laughs) podcast as how not to do it <laughs> yes there's a reason the three of us were drawn to the entertainment industry and the arts fans <laughs> well allison oh, thank man. you so much for being on bananas uh what would you like to plug and tell us where we can find you oh uh, i uh, you guys plugged my short so much so thank you very much for that um growth the- Fifth and final season of A Million Little Things comes out February 8th, 2023. It's the last. This is the last hurrah. Congratulations for having such a successful uh, network show. Thank you. mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And then uh, after March, whoever's looking for uh, someone to do work, I'm right here. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. Um, I'm on uh, all the social things. It's Allison E. Miller, too. Allison E. Miller. There it is. Well, thank you. Thank you, Scotty. 
Thank you, Curdy B. Thank you to everybody at Exactly Right, our benevolent overlords, Karen in Georgia, Katie Levine, Lisa Maggot, our full human intern. Keep sending your stories to thebananaspodcast at gmail.com or thebananaspodcast on Instagram, where we are no longer shadow banned. Yeah. <laughs> Great. All of a sudden, we're getting so many new followers again, and I'm like, what happened? Something we were that, shadow banned. There was, an Instagram, there was an algorithm change, because all of a sudden, it started happening to my personal account, too, and I was like, what's happening? Why, oh. so, why are there so many story mentions? It just seemed like something happened. I don't know what it was, though. But we both of us are no longer shadow banned. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Bananas. <laughs> that one got that one got me. Bananas is an exactly right media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The Catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. Bananas. Bananas. Follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear feel free to rate and review our little show. And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.